Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. The most important thing about a brand is living it and breathing it. And it all starts with how do you communicate what it is that sets you apart. And that's done in your brand messaging. So once you've got the messaging and all that imagery ready to go, the development phase is complete. First, a quick word from our best ever partner, PropStream. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties in seconds, nationwide or specific to any zip code. You can skip trace owner information, find cash buyers specific to an area, and find other investors to potentially partner with or fund your deals. PropStream provides you the comprehensive data and market insight you need to be at the top of your real estate game. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail. Even if you're not in real estate, PropStream can help you locate high net worth individuals to invest in your non-real estate business. Or if you are in real estate, then you can find them to invest in your real estate business. You can use this tool to find people who have millions of dollars in equity in their homes and you can reach out to them via email, telephone, or snail mail. This is the perfect real estate investing tool for wholesalers and real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. I love how easy the PropStream website is to use. With a few clicks, you can review comps in the area or estimate rehab costs prior to purchasing a property. Act now to take advantage of the plethora of properties that have and will continue to hit the market during this time. And best ever listeners, do you know we got something special for you? You're going to receive a free seven-day all-access trial to experience all the features this powerful tool has, and you'll experience it firsthand. Just go to your7dayfreetrial.com. That's Y-O-U-R, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Get started with this. Get your seven-day free trial and start growing your business even more so than you have been. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday you're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. My name is Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with two people. We've got Tonya Ebenhart, and we've got Michael Carr. How are you guys doing today? 
Good, Theo. Thank you for having us. Every day is Saturday, Theo. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. And thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Before we get into that, though, a little bit about Tonya and Michael's background. So Tonya is the founder of Brandface, a personal branding firm that helps real estate professionals differentiate themselves. Tonya and Michael are partners in Brandface. Brandface has clients in 41 states. Michael is also the COO of Brandface and America's top selling real estate auctioneer. So maybe he can give us an example of talking super fast. (laughs) Michael has over 60 investment properties. Tanya is from Columbus, Ohio. Michael is from Jefferson, Georgia, and their website is brandfacerealestate.com. So maybe starting with Tanya and then transitioning to Michael, could you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Yep. I won't be as fast talking as Michael, but I can get it done. (laughs) So years ago, I sold vacuum cleaners to pay my way through college. I did it for about three years. And then I sold a vacuum cleaner to a radio station engineer who suggested that I take a sales job at the radio station. And fast forward 18 years later, I was still in media sales. And while I was in media sales, especially the very early days of my radio career, I noticed that when certain business owners walked into a room at an event or convention, they were almost like rock stars. And the things that differentiated them were that they were the face of their business. And they were almost always number one in their industry in the market as well. So I understood very quickly between selling myself as a poor young college student selling vacuum cleaners, and then helping to sell my own clients and developing their personal brands, how much it impacted their business. So that's where Brandface came from years later. And I'll let this gentleman talk about how we met each other. He was actually the first real estate client for Brandface. And hey, we became partners and I'll let him take it from there. Well, my background as an auctioneer, I started off my career as an automobile auctioneer. My dad had a car lot and I didn't really want to be in that industry, but I loved it. And the guy that trained me to be an auctioneer, he said, hey, go get your real estate license because you might be able to call a farm sale one day, pick up an extra paycheck. The industry was called like a circuit auctioneer, right? So I worked a certain circuit in the Southeast. And next thing you know, I ended up with a Georgia real estate license and then a South Carolina real estate license. Fast forward to the year 2000, I really just used my real estate license to buy my own investments. I started buying residential properties in 1994 and uh, continue to buy them today. And uh, I just used my license as a way to get some kickback and commission. If anybody was invested in the late 90s, you could get 125% of what it was worth and make a commission on top of it to boot. It was fantastic years, right? And we had to pay for it, of course, after the dot-com bust and all of that. Fast forward to 2006. And I partner with a company out of Irvine, California, and we get the Bear Stearns residential portfolio when they went under and we auctioned it off. We thought it would be about three years worth of work and ended up being about seven. And to date, I've been involved in over 78,000 residential transactions as a broker and an auctioneer. And then in 2013, we were working ourselves out of a job, as all great auctioneers do. And I knew that REOs were coming to a flat line, and I just wanted something to do. So I came back to Jefferson, left the office in Irvine, the office in Seattle, Washington, came back to the office in the suburbs of Atlanta, opened up a arm's length transaction brokerage, and needed help with marketing. I met Tanya, 
and the rest, as they say, is history. She asked me to, after I executed the brand face principles to get known in the area as an investor, as a real estate broker, as a builder and developer. Then she asked me to co-write the book with her for brand face for real estate professionals. And it's number one in eight Amazon categories, including international business. So it's been a wild ride. Perfect. Well, thanks for sharing that. So the name is Brandface. You already mentioned, Tanya, in your background, how back in your radio days, you'd walk into certain events and business owners would just walk in and certain ones of them were just rock stars. And you mentioned because number one, they're the face of their business. Number two, they're the number one in their industry. So Brandface, they're the face. So I've talked to people about branding before a lot in the podcast. And there seems to be two camps. The one is be the face of your brand. And the other one is to not be the face of your brand. Think of like any major corporation. So why is it that being the face of your brand in real estate is better than being behind the scenes, making it more of like a logo or having multiple people be the face? What's the main benefit towards the face, making it personal? You're the man or the woman. Okay. It's about a personal connection. In fact, you just hit on something, Theo. On the back of all our books, our mantra says, people don't do business with a logo. They do business with a person. And if you think about it, in every instance where you do business, there's a person involved, right? <laughs> and so in real estate, on a local level, we already knew coming into Brandface, we work with many different business owners and entrepreneurs. Real estate has been our biggest sector so far. Number one, because of the success of this gentleman with me today. And number two, because it is an industry that already kind of leans toward that way. A lot of real estate agents already have their photo on their yard sign or their business card. And they were one of the first industries to really kind of go all in with that because they realized that no matter how many people are in a brokerage, the brokerage name is great. The brokerage might have their own brand. However, it's the individual sitting across the table from you that is going to make you decide who to do business with. Oh yeah. Perfect answer. So follow up question for some context. So do you focus mostly with real estate agents or is it agents, investors, anyone? All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> yeah, okay. We work in every yeah. genre of business, from lawyers to, honestly, to medical profession. It doesn't okay. matter. Anything that is customer-facing, we put the face forward. What would you say out of all your clients, the top maybe two or three, just so we can focus on those ones? I would say real estate agents real estate investors, and then the others splintered because entrepreneurs come in all shapes and sizes. We have one, surprisingly, that's doing super, super well, is a skincare consultant. And she is doing incredibly well because she realized there were, scale. on a global scale, she realized there were many, many thousands of people like her, and she wanted to set herself apart for two reasons. Number one, for the customers who would purchase the end product, right? They would be the end user of the product. And then for recruitment purposes too, because a great brand not only helps you to sell your products and services and connect with people on a human level, but it also helps you recruit the right people in for the culture you want to build. Perfect. So most people who listen to this show are going to be investors. So let's talk about that. So let's say I'm a real estate investor and I either have no branding at all or I've been focusing more on having really nice company logo and all my content on my website is focused towards my company. And the only place my face is on there is like maybe in the bottom corner from my bio. So what's the first thing that I need to do in order to start working towards building up my personal brand? The most important thing is to define what it is. 
that's really big. When we build a brand, we look at about 77 different criteria, but they all boil down to defining the brand. So we take personal experience from people and their life experiences and what has brought them to where they are. We try to find a natural point of differentiation. We all have them as humans. We're all uniquely individual and uniquely special in that way. And then we also have other people who are naturally attracted to us and attracted to not just our facial features, but the story behind why we do what we do, right? So you have to define what that position is and then you have to stick flag in it and own it. That's the most important one. Yeah. Okay. So you would say come up with some stories in your past mm-hmm. and then figure out a way to make that be your main brand. So maybe give us a few examples. Well, let me tell you an example of a guy actually in the Atlanta marketplace that uses this principle extremely well. There is an investor in Atlanta and you see his billboard all over the place, right? And he does it extremely smart. He's got a one point of differentiation, get a guaranteed offer on your home. And he buys remnant billboards all over the city. He puts his face on there. His name is his website. There's not even a phone number to it. And everybody on earth knows that when you see Mark, he's going to give you a guaranteed offer on your home. That's a point of differentiation. And that is defining that point of differentiation and then holding that position until the business comes to you so much as you going after the business. Does that make sense? Yeah. So is the differentiating point the billboards or is it the, no, um, the, the guaranteed, guaranteed offer? offer guaranteed offer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Get a guaranteed offer on your home. And that's his point of differentiation. And they can range Theo for many different things. They can be personality driven. They can be attributes or things that just set you apart in how you conduct business. They can be a promise of doing business. It can be a differentiator that says, I service this area or this type of customer. It can really be anything you want it to be. The most important thing is, first of all, you've got to look in that definition phase at who you're trying to attract. Who are those ideal customers? But here's what happens a lot of times when it comes to branding. People think of marketing first and branding later, right? And they're two very different things. Marketing is utilizing platforms and vehicles to get a message out to the world, get a message out to your customers and try to draw them in. Your brand is the message and image that you put out there on those marketing vehicles. So if you think about it this way, how on earth would you even begin to know what to put on any of your marketing, what to even post on social media, for goodness sake, unless first of all, you knew who it was you're trying to attract. So in that defined phase, we look at ideal customers and point of differentiation, those two things. Does that help with a little clarity? 100%. For me, mine's America's top selling real estate auctioneer because nobody's auctioned off more residential properties than me, period. And because of that, even though it's an arm's length transaction brokerage that Tanya helped me try to launch, right? I still was a very active investor, especially in those times when there's still a lot of remnants laying around that we could pick up. I moved directly from buying housing to buying building lots, right? Because there's this lag time of years there where nobody believed land was ever going to be worth anything anymore until they ran out of it. But they were still very excited about paying too much for houses at foreclosure auction, right? So what we did was we took my point of differentiation from my experience level and then she taglined America's top selling real estate auctioneer. And then the secondary was the confidence at that time, 65,000 transactions. 
And we leverage the fact that no matter where you stood in line, if you wanted me to sell your house, I can sell your house for you. If you want me to buy your house, I could buy your house. And then we just showed them door one, door two, door three, and then let you choose which door worked best for your family type of situation. So we took my experience and then we defined it that way and then pointed it at the ideal customers that we were trying to attract. I really appreciate you explaining that right there. You said the top auctioneer, that kind of crystallized in my mind. Like ours is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. Yep. <laughs> it's, a kind of, it's kind of there the same thing, kind of same concept as yours. And it yep. puts exact you same. in a position of differentiating yourself. Yep. Or even to the best ever, how y'all put best ever behind everything. Like that is a point of differentiation that makes mm-hmm. you guys stand out and continue to stand out. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So I've defined my personal brand. I know what differentiates me. I've got my tagline and I've got my ideal customer defined. Now what do I do? What's next? Okay. The next phase. And by the way, we call this our freedom formula. It's three D's define, develop, and display. And we'll tell you why it's the freedom formula here in just a moment. But in the develop phase, what you're going to do now is you're going to develop a strong personal brand wrapped all around that point of differentiation, starting with your brand colors, your personal brand logo, imagery that resonates with what you stand for and what's going to attract your ideal customers, photos of you that are very well done and portray the image you want to portray. And most importantly, in that development phase, it's the brand messaging that sets you apart from your elevator pitch to your biography to what we call signature sound bites, which are bullet points, if you will, highlights of your brand at a glance. The most important thing about a brand is living it and breathing it. And it all starts with how do you communicate what it is that sets you apart. And that's done in your brand messaging. So once you've got the messaging and all that imagery ready to go, the development phase is complete. Perfect. And then after that, it says define, develop, and then display. So I'm assuming display. display is get it out there. Get it out there. Use the billboards, the park benches, the social media, and it all needs to be consistent. And you need to know your ideal customer. I didn't do it for a long time as a real estate agent. As an auctioneer, I did it naturally. And when people came into a, an arena and I was auctioning off a group of houses or whatnot, I sized everybody up pretty fast. I could tell who my main investors were. I could tell who end user home buyers were. I could tell you sort of size them up. But we don't do that enough in business, right? And you have a lot of listeners that are investors that are like, hey, I just want to attract more business and find more business. But what does that have to do with it? Well, if you know what the lifestyle of those people are for that ideal house that you want to buy. If you know everything about that particular owner that might be a multifamily, small one to four multifamilies, or even all the way up to something bigger, 200, 300, 800 unit apartment buildings, whatever that might be. If you understand that, then your messaging in the display, that messaging is clear and towards those people. Then when you display it, you actually get a return on your investment. And you're not just throwing out money just to get known, right? Because Zillow has enough money to be able to get known whether they knew what they were doing or don't know what they're doing, right? But those of us like the Theos and the Mike and Tanya's, we have to watch an ROI on how much money we spend out there in the display stage. It's very important that you've pointed that at the right direction. Yeah. Otherwise you end up with what we call spray and pray marketing. You just spray it against the wall. Yeah, and I've done a bunch hope, of that. You hope something somewhere yeah. sticks. <laughs> What's the best way to find out after you have your target audience very finely tuned and defined to find out what marketing avenues to use, right? Like billboard or is it park bench, social media? How do I know after I know who my audience is, how to get in front of them the best? 
Okay. Well, that one happens to be, honestly, one of the easiest things. So there are many, many ways to get to an audience. First of all, you've got to figure out where your audience is spending their time. So for some of our agents, like in Phoenix, for example, we've got an agent who focuses on empty nesters who are moving into lifestyle-driven communities. Their home is all low maintenance. They have a golf course. It's all about the lifestyle and retirement age, right? So he actually started his own small newspaper in that area. Now, newspaper, you'd ask nine people out of 10 these (laughs) days. Yeah, what's a newspaper? But that still works for him because his audience still reads the newspaper every day. And it's someone else who may be after, say, first-time homebuyers or growing families. They may find that reaching them is a totally different thing. Maybe they're encompassed in a certain number of neighborhoods and you canvas and farm those neighborhoods with postcards and door hangers and things like that. So you got to first drill down and say, where are they spending their time? How are they consuming media? What is important to them? What's their lifestyle like, as Michael said? And once you dial that in, then you choose within your own budget range what you feel you can afford to do. If all you can afford to do is do some door hangers or some postcards in one or two neighborhoods, then max it out, right? But if you can afford to do more, go to maybe a local radio station whose listeners are people who share a certain lifestyle or a certain belief system, right? and certain things that make them alive. So it's different for everybody. There really isn't just one set answer to that. It's different for everybody because it's very dependent on the area and who the ideal customers are. Well, one thing that's interesting that I noticed from everything you said is it sounds like it's better to get more, maybe, I guess I'd say like local with it and kind of smaller scale with it as opposed to saying, well, I'm just going to market on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Google or whatever. You didn't bring up any of those. I thought that was interesting. Very interesting. Well, here's the thing, Theo, and I find this to be the case so much. I teach this to any agents that are coming in and even investors that would come in. There's a couple of points here. First off, if you're buying single family housing in uh, developing areas, uh, say a major metropolitan area or whatnot, you might be dealing with elderly people or with out of town family members that are dealing with that asset, right? So you do have to have your social media to back up. That's why it's very important during the define and developments phase that you complete all of that because it can't say a different message, right? I told you about the guy in Atlanta that runs the billboards. Well, there's another guy that I follow in Greenville, South Carolina, and he's a heck of an agent. And this guy does the same thing as I'm talking about. Same thing I do. Same thing Mark does, right? We'll buy a house or we'll sell it for you. What's best for you? You tell us, right? But every billboard that this guy puts up is a different message and every one of them are forgotten. So I'm bending it back around to what you said. It's important that we have Facebook and we have our Instagram accounts and we have our website, definitely. That's your central processing unit. That's where everything's got to culminate because you want to push everything back to that because that's the main source of information. But don't spend the money on your advertising there if that's not where that person is going to be. They might go and check you out there, but they might not find you there. I've got a friend on the West Coast, and he's got buyers from Huntington Beach, California, all the way up past the Bay. He's got 12 guys. He runs penny saver ads. I buy estates. And about one out of every 12 estates that he buys, which is all the knickknacks that people can't get moved out in a weekend and over ambitiously thought that they could, he ends up buying about one out of every 10 or 12 houses. 
because he gets there, they're sick of it. They've been working for three days trying to get grandma's stuff out. Grandma's in the nursing home and they live in Colorado and the plane leaves in four hours. And then here comes Big Bill, Big Bill's buyers, right? And they're like, well, I tell you what, you know, you got nothing but junk left. I'll haul it all off for you. Oh, and what do you want for the house? And he does the bulk of his advertising in penny savers. I buy estates. That other website he uses is estatesales.com. And he just runs ads. I buy estates and he gets house after house after house off of But once you do that, though, obviously, they may say, well, hold on, who's Big Bill, right? You know, and you want your social media to back up your story. And this is where it goes all the way back, the importance of the authenticity of the defined state. Because people are pretty savvy and they're going to pick up pretty fast if you're shyster that's just trying to harm them or if you're a fair investor that deserves to make a return on their investment. Exactly. Okay, starting with Tanya and then going to Michael, what is your best personal branding advice ever? I would say it is about authenticity. So don't try to be something you're not. Embrace who you are. We had an agent in New Orleans tell us last week how much she loved her brand and it had changed her life because she realized it wasn't about helping her compete. It was really more about making sure she didn't have to. Yeah. Also an investor. Also, also an investor. Down there. So been an investor for years. Perfect. And then Michael, what about you? Well, on the heels of that, if you've got the authenticity down, be bold. Prosperity favors the bold. And we say be bold. And some people would look at my career and say, hey, you've been pretty bold. But I look at others and think, man, I wish I'd been bolder. So I definitely say for me, it would be bolder. Perfect. And then before we go in that lightning round, what was the three D's? you like a name for it? What'd you call it? The freedom formula, define, develop, and display. Because it gives you the freedom to stand on your own merits Take your brand with you wherever you go because your brand is you. Perfect. All right, you guys ready for the best ever lightning round? We're ready. All right, first a quick word from our sponsor. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties, locate potential investors, or gain invaluable market insight in seconds. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail, which will help you close more deals with less stress. Visit your7dayfreetrial.com to start your free trial and experience all the amazing features PropStream has to offer. That's your7dayfreetrial.com. Are you looking to earn passive income through turnkey rental properties? If so, then go check out hipsterinvestments.com. Ali Boone's the founder of Hipster Investments. It's a aesthetically pleasing website, and you'll know what I mean when you go check it out. I just love the color palette. In addition to that, though, Ali has some wonderful content on both passive investing through turnkey rental properties as well as how to design your life. Go to hipsterinvestments.com. Okay, first question, and again, I'd like you both to answer these. Best ever book you've recently read? Ooh, Awaken the Giant Within. Reread it for about the fourth time. Every Man's Talmud. If a brand face were to collapse today, what would you do next? I would do real estate investing. I've had a taste of it before. I would do it again because I absolutely love it. I'd find some way of helping people realize what they don't realize about themselves. What is the best ever way you like to give back? Right on the heels of what Michael just said, helping people unveil their inner star. I got to just stick with that theme, Theo. I got to say it. 
We had a friend tell us a long time ago, we love what you do because it's hard to read the label from the inside of the jar. And I think that I have to just stick with that. The best part of our job is helping people realize the power that I actually have inside of them. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Brandfacerealestate.com. Everything we do is encompassed there and shoots out from there. Perfect. Well, guys, I really enjoyed this conversation. Brandon, it's always a fun topic to talk about. And from a personal business perspective, I could use this information from today. I know all the best of our listeners definitely get to learn something that you could apply to your business directly. And the big thing we talked about was the freedom formula, those three D's, define, develop, and display. So essentially just define what the brand is and then figure out who the ideal customer is. And then once you know what the brand is, you develop it around that unique differentiating factor that you have, your logo, pictures of you, your messaging, social media accounts, websites, and then focus on living and breathing that brand. And then obviously determining how you're going to direct that towards your target audience and then display, which is actually getting it out there and making sure that you are using the method that your target audience actually uses. So figure out exactly how they're consuming their media, what's important to them, what their lifestyle is, and then find a medium in which you can target them that you can actually afford. And you also mentioned that Facebook and Instagram and the website are important. That's more of a hub that people actually will go to once they actually find you and not how they find you. I thought that was a very interesting point to make, kind of distinguishing between the Facebook, Instagram, and the other examples of billboard, park benches, local radio stations, things like that. And then your best ever advice, Tanya's was authenticity and Michael's was to be bold. And you talked about the guy with all the billboards. I'm like, that's pretty intense. Like, it'd be weird driving around and seeing my own face on the billboard. <laughs> That's definitely bold. <laughs> Michael had some billboards too. So I've never, I just don't ever go that way. That's true. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time when we first started working together, I put him on shopping carts in the grocery store. And I said, Michael, they just came out. The signs just came out. Can you please go in the grocery store and take a picture of one? He says, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. He ended up doing it, but I think he did it like in secret behind the produce yeah, or something. I did. You did a video of you on the car with the kids when they're out of there flying across. You should have done and put it in Instagram or something. <laughs> I enjoyed the conversation, Tanya and Michael. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best every day, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Theo. Thank you, Theo.